You're listening to the Castworks Industries Comedy Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. Well, daggum. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Well Daggum Podcast, where by the end of the show, we hope to have you saying, Well Daggum, I learned something today. On this show, we like to get into people's lives and have guests on to where we have them talk about their everyday life or stories that have happened to them or things that are currently going on in their life so that you, the listener, can get to know somebody that you wouldn't otherwise know and they can share a story that'll go down in infamy on the interwebs. <laughs> uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in. Make sure to get out there on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pod. Share, like, subscribe, comment. Uh, get out there and uh, get it to other people as much as you can if you really like what you listen to. And if you don't, don't worry about it. I'm just glad you're listening for a little bit. <laughs> but I uh, appreciate everybody that's doing all that stuff, though. It does help the podcast out and it gets it out there. Like I said, I ain't making any money off nothing. So more than most, it's just helping me, uh, helping my little hobby get out there to more people to bless their ear holes with the glorious sounds of the well daggum world. Other than that, tonight on the episode, we have a good friend of the podcast, uh, our good friend Brad Broadus. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing great. I'm I'm on the Well Gum show, and I I kind of feel like a celebrity tonight. <laughs> well, I'm glad you feel that way, even though most people probably wouldn't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> now, our friend Brad here he uh, he comes to us from good old Martin County, back where my original hometown's from, and uh, Brad himself is a part of the Just Add Bourbon podcast. Uh, that's based out of Martin County there, a new podcast that started up here this past year, and uh, they're doing awesome. I really really can't say that enough. I appreciate what they're doing. It's good to hear some more people from Martin County starting up uh, podcasts just like this, and um, when they they get on there, there's three of them. I hope to have the other guys on sometime soon as well, but they share about current events that are going on, uh, our social climate, uh, things uh, things that just hit home with you. And uh, I encourage you to go out there and check out Just Add Bourbon. You can catch them on iTunes or, I guess, uh, Apple Podcasts. You can catch them on... Uh, where can we catch you at, Brad? Do you know many of the platforms that you're on? We're on uh, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And YouTube. Currently, yeah. Well, YouTube's a good one. That's one that a lot of people like to listen through, so that's a good one to be on for sure. Uh, that's one I need to work towards being on as well. Um but Spotify, that's a great one to be on. People can really get a hold of you there. And, and like I said, Apple Podcasts is one of the best ones to be on because so many people just have iPhones. They can listen straight from their phone, whatever they're doing. So, But, yeah, get out there, guys. Catch up on uh, Just Add Bourbon. There's not a ton of episodes out yet, so you can get caught up pretty easy. But it's a great listen, and I think you'll really enjoy what they have to offer. But now Brad's on the show tonight, and he was going to share a little bit about where we're from or where where I am from and where he currently resides. Uh, but go ahead and share us a little bit about how you got there, Brad. Well, I, I'm originally from the Richmond area, you know, just right outside of Lexington. And um, I traveled all over the country and actually moved from Chicago to Martin County. Wow. Which was, 
just yeah. a little bit of a culture shock. Just, I would say just a tad bit of a culture shock, yeah. <laughs> and one of the funniest things when I moved here that just absolutely blew my mind is that we didn't have an address. I'd never heard of that before in my life. And I'm sure you remember from when you were here, you know, before the 911 addresses came through, mm-hmm. not everybody had a physical address. Yep, that's the truth. You, you lived and, up a holler or uh, down a certain road, and that's what you were known by. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I wasn't used to the small town, and I went to order a pizza one night, and, you know, we had set everything up through a P.O. box, you know, so I hadn't really thought about the address, and my wife told me to order a pizza, and I got on the phone, and I was like, hey, uh, where do I tell them to bring this thing? <laughs> She said, oh, well, you just tell them it's the next house past Jimmy Kirk. And I, I thought she was messing with me. So I was like, okay, I'll play along. And I said, uh, it's the next house past Jimmy Kirk. And they said, all right, that'll be about 35, 45 minutes. <laughs> hung up the phone. And I thought, this is great. Yeah, it's funny how you basically go by who knows who because everybody knows everybody. Everybody, yeah. Yeah, the, the best. she was getting on me about the dog, she said, you know, we, we've got to get a collar for the dog. And I said, what are we going to put on it? The P.O. box? <laughs> oh, man. Bring it up, Frog Pond. <laughs> but, you know, this is a, this is a, a great little community. Yeah. Um, and like you said, everybody knows everybody. But it, it's just, it's a great place to have kids. Yeah. You know, I've got, I've got small kids here. I know you've got, you've got uh, young ones, too. Right. And. It's just laid back. I know when I was living in the big cities, you know, and, and I would, you really don't appreciate, um, you know, what you, what you have until you leave. Right. And when I was in Chicago, you know, I lived close to O'Hare. So I'd sit out on my balcony at my apartment and airplanes fly over all night. Right. And when I would come to Kentucky to visit family, I would go to my dad's house and I just wanted to sit on the back porch. I wanted to hear some frogs. I wanted to hear crickets. You yeah. know, just something because you get stuck in that concrete jungle. Oh, yeah. Get really closed in. My, my biggest fun part about going back to home and stuff like that is getting to see the stars. When, when you're close to a city like that, you look up and all you see is just dark. You don't really see many stars. You'll see the lights from the city kind of glaring over to wherever you're at. But when you go back home, I, I know it's it's just crazy how many stars you can see. And just looking up, and not just the Milky Way, the bright ones, but like all the stars that surround it too. It's it's quite the scene. Yeah, I know. When I go out, when I leave, I usually leave the house pretty early in the mornings, and you know I walk outside, and and I will look up every morning, you mm. know, because you can see the full stars, and you don't realize when you're in those cities. Yeah. You've got lights and taxis and horns and all those things, and you you really miss out. And it's kind of sad because a lot of people will spend their whole life in the cities and really never get out. Yeah, yeah, it, it it's something to to behold for sure. I know even being back there, uh, we would travel. Uh, I worked with churches a lot when I was younger, and we would travel to Flemingsburg, Kentucky, uh, which is close to Moorhead University, and. Um, but out there, even you can see even more stars, <laughs> and it was it was shocking uh, once you're around a city to see even more of that. When you go back to a, a more country area like that, yeah, it's uh, all the shooting stars that are just going around. It's it's another world, just about. Yeah, I love it. I was I was driving home, you know, driving down Route Three, and and within about a two mile stretch. Um, I passed somebody on the side of the four lane 
that was riding a horse. <laughs> and then I passed some side by sides. Yeah. And then I passed about 10 stray goats <laughs> that were just walking in the road. And I thought, man, you, you got to love the mountains. <laughs> yeah. When I first moved up to uh, being near Cincinnati here, I used to travel from Northern Kentucky all the way up to Dayton, Ohio every day for work. And so it was a good hour's drive, uh, right on 75, all the way up to the outskirts of Dayton on the south end. And I, that's where my job was. I would get off the highway and I was right there at the office. And people were like, oh my goodness, how in the world can you drive an hour to work every day in an hour home? And I let them know I used to drive to a coal mines that was an hour and 15 minutes on a two-lane road, back through the backwoods, crossing mountains... <laughs> <laughs> watching for deer, you know, never seeing a car for 20 minutes. And I said, I can drive on a straight highway for an hour. That ain't no problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much everybody does here. Yeah. You know, almost anybody going to work, you're, you're going to have a 30 minute to an hour drive anywhere you go. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up in Richmond, so you had uh, access to pretty much everything just within two miles of where you were at. Right. And it was really an adjustment moving here because if, uh, it, you know, we're 30 minutes from Walmart. Right. So uh, you better make your grocery list and not forget anything or it's going to be an hour round trip to go back and get it. Well, my, my funny thing I always liked about the city, or not so much liked, but noticed, I guess, um, back home, now you say you have to drive 30 minutes to get to Walmart. Now, when you say that, there's a space-time continuum when it comes to country driving and city driving. Because it might take me 30 minutes to get to Walmart, too, but I'm five miles away. But when you say you got to go to Walmart 30 minutes away, that's 30 miles. <laughs> yeah, that is a true 30 miles. I always joke with my family when they come to see us, and I, you know, I'll tell them, well, what time are you leaving? You, you want to make sure that you're not coming through Inez during rush hour. <laughs> you don't want to get stuck at one of those red lights. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you know, you might get stuck behind two or three cars at red light. Yeah. Yeah. I know they, uh, now I'm from uh, Turkey Creek over there, uh, right out of Inez, take a left out of Inez there at the pawn shop and you'll make your way there. And, uh, all of my family from back home, they were doing construction over there and they put a red light up on the hill and people were just going on and on. Oh, this traffic is horrible. This is such awful traffic. It's just so, and I was like, just because three cars are there, don't make it traffic. <laughs> Yeah, I think we might be the only uh, city in the country that has two red lights. Yeah. Three courthouses. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I remember when the first red light came in there at the right at the courthouse there. I ran that red light probably at least three times a week just because I was so used to being a, a stop sign or a travel through area and would just be going and go right through and never got close to being in an accident. <laughs> well, the good thing now is, you know, you've only got a couple uh, sheriff's deputies. Yeah. So if you happen to pass one, you know, well, you got a good 20 or 30 minutes. You know, if you need to run a red light or a stop sign, nobody's going to see you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good little town now, that's for sure. My, one of my favorite things about Martin County is the, uh, the population sign of Inez. Um, now there, there's two towns in Martin County, Inez and Warfield. 
And there's many different stories of how they became those names. Uh, people have their own stories they'd like to make up about it. Uh, I think the original story for Inez is the postmaster from way back when had a daughter named Inez. And that's where they, they named it after her uh, for him being the postmaster. Of course, getting to all those houses, they were pretty proud of him with no addresses, you know. Um, <laughs> but the population sign has said 600 people for as long as I can remember. <laughs> so when people say, when people say they're from a small town and they say it's only 1500 people or it's only this or that, um, I still don't know if they've changed it yet or not, but it's, you know, from the time I remember it said 600 people population for Inez, Kentucky. <laughs> but now so that I might... know this is a little off topic, but I have a question to ask you because this has just been on my mind. Go right ahead. Okay, so you had a show uh, probably a couple months ago uh-huh. uh, about a fella getting catfished. Oh, yeah. And uh, I believe that that fella ended up being you. That is correct. Yep, I've. Uh, that wasn't the only time I've ever been catfished, but yeah, that was a very memorable moment in my life when I was catfished by a good friend of mine uh, and showed up to the date that he had set me up on and everything and saw him sitting at the bar. Yeah, it's it was a good story. <laughs> well, now here was my question, and this was the funniest thing about the whole story for me, uh-huh. is that you asked zero questions. Like, there was no vetting process for who this individual was that you were supposed to be meeting for this date. Yeah. I, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> like, there wasn't like, hey, you know, uh, what she looked like, who it, nothing. <laughs> I trusted him fully. Yeah, that was, uh, see, I always like to think of myself as being a trusting person, and I've always felt as that as being a, a good attribute to have. Um, but most of my friends all see it as an opportunity. <laughs> See, I don't trust anybody but my mama, and I keep a pretty good eye on her. But I did, I did get catfished myself. One, well, not not catfished in the same way, right? But I had a, a a good friend of mine, and he had met a girl, and I guess what the what the backstory was was that she said she was willing to go out with him, mm-hmm. but she wanted to bring a friend. Okay, so. So he calls me and he's like, hey, you know, I, I've got us hooked up with these two hot girls. That was what he told me, these two hot girls. <laughs> well, at least you had that going for you compared to me. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't necessarily uh, honest about the situation. <laughs> so, and you know, I, I'm the complete opposite now. I've, I'm, I'm going to go through, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask questions and uh, everything, but, you know, run a background check and ask for their transcript. <laughs> but he was a friend and I trusted him. And he said, he said, Oh yeah. I said, two good looking girls. They want us to go out with them. So, you know, I'm all excited about it. And then as the day goes on, I talked to him a couple times. And the next time I said, so this, this girl's hot, right? Yeah. Well, you know, she's not super hot, <laughs> but she's built real cute, but she's built so then, real solid. <laughs> yeah. So then we talked a little bit later. And then he's like, I said, okay, so this, this girl's built, right? He said, well, I mean, she's not built real good, but she's got a real pretty face. So then the next time we talk, he said, well, I mean, she's not like a smoke show. Or anything. You know, she's not beautiful, but she's got a great personality. So this thing is, 
every time that I talk to him, we're going backwards, and I start having questions. So finally, <laughs> we go we go to O'Charlie's in Richmond, mm-hmm. and I walk in this place and come around the the, the corner, and and I don't want to seem like a, a super shallow guy here, right? But I walk in, and this girl looks like Ma from the Goonies. <laughs> experience with with uh getting set up on a blind date and i that was the only blind date i'd ever been on and i actually wished i was blind when i walked out <laughs> things were getting a little fuzzy when i got there honestly <laughs> <laughs> now that was a that was a trick of the trade uh with my cousin uh, nick growing up um he's not been on the show yet and, I, and i'll probably try to get him on eventually but me and him were like brothers growing up and so we we had kind of a, a sixth sense when it came to to talking about people around us without saying anything, and uh, so when when we would be talking about people and there was a girl that was less than uh, less than attractive, we would always say she has a great personality, and we understood <laughs> what that meant. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's the go-to. Oh yeah. Yeah, we, we had certain looks we would give each other to be like, uh, you know, instead of saying six o'clock, we would give each other a look a certain way and he'd know exactly where I was looking at to be like, hey, there's a good looking girl over there. <laughs> <laughs> our, our senses have since gone. We, we don't quite have that rapport anymore um, to, to be able to be that close anymore. He lives in Lexington now and we still talk to each other every week, but uh but yeah, we've lost that a little bit. But now, you know, we're kind of settled in our ways, and we don't really have to point out good-looking girls anymore. And Well, I guess he does. He's still single. Uh, ladies out there, if you're looking for a good man in Lexington, he'll be listening to this and at his work with his buddies, and hopefully this will get him a few phone calls. If you need to get his number, just let me know. I'll message you. Uh, <laughs> good guy with a good job. He's a nice fella. But, um, but yeah, I'm glad somebody else could have went through the same kind of thing I went through. <laughs> yeah, that's when you really figure out who your friends are. <laughs> at least it was a girl. At least it wasn't a big old bearded man sitting at a bar when you showed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty good, though. I like that. Now, I was talking about before, you're a part of a podcast called the Just Add Bourbon Podcast. Um, fill us in a little bit about that, man. How did you all get started? How did it all come to be? Well, there's three of us on the show, and... Uh, JD and, and Jimmy Don, the other two guys on the show, they they've known each other for years. Right. And they're you know their their daughters are friends. They they play uh, you know softball or whatever together. Right. And they would hang out at the ballpark and just have conversations about different topics. And they they didn't agree on a lot of things. And they would sit and talk, but they would have good conversations. And JD had just had the idea of hey, you know, we should sit down and talk about this stuff and have a podcast. Yeah. And somehow they ended up reining me in. And, uh, you know, we sit down, really didn't have uh, any expectations with it. We thought, well, we'll sit down and have some conversations and see what happens. Yeah. We, I think we sit down twice. And then the third time we sit down, we ended up releasing our first our first podcast. Yeah. And, and basically the whole premise of what we do is just right now where everything is so polarized with you know, it's like people can't have different opinions. Yeah. yeah. If you do have a different opinion, you're wrong. And right. instead of saying, well, now, why do you think that? Or why do you have that view? You're just automatically shut down as wrong if you don't agree with me. 
and even if you don't agree, you know, you and I could could be on completely opposite ends of the spectrum on something, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I respect you any less right. or think you're any less intelligent. We just disagree on it. So we really wanted to sit down and have open conversations about the things that a lot of people are thinking, a lot of people have concerns about, but they don't feel comfortable talking about them. Right. You know, at work or at church or, or wherever. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, because we, we talk about a lot of different topics and, and come from a lot of different angles. Right. But but we're having a blast, and, and we've really, we've got a ton of support. Uh, you know, that's one thing. We were, t- we were talking about Martin County here, um, and I'm sure you've seen this too, but, but you know, these folks band together and, oh, and yeah. show a lot of support for their for their people. So sure enough, I've really man. been overwhelmed with the support that we've got. Yeah, I, I know. Um, I think I just saw you guys talking about it. I think it was JD. I don't even think I was friends with him on Facebook or nothing, but somebody I know had posted something and he just said something about, hey, we talked about that on our podcast. And I was like, hey, somebody from Martin County's got a podcast? I was like, me too. I'm from there. I'm not there anymore. But I was like, hey, that's that's exciting. So I know I, I was reaching out to you guys and uh, was like, hey, I'm interested in seeing what you guys are all about. Downloaded a few episodes. And then after the first episode, I subscribed right away and and really love what you guys do. Uh, like you said, y'all have different opinions. Y'all have different points of view. And uh, it really it comes across well. It doesn't seem like y'all are arguing or fighting um, it's not shutting each other down, but it's having civil conversation about real, real problems that we have going on in society or, uh, and, and from your end of it, I have to say this, I was just listening to an episode, uh, over the weekend, um, but the conspiracy theories over nine eleven and things like that, uh, kudos on your research, man. That was some good stuff. <laughs> I appreciate it. And, and, you know, uh, I tend to be the one that goes out in the weeds a little bit on some of the shows, but you know, we talk about this stuff and, and even there's, there's certain times where we might argue against something, what we actually believe Yeah. the intent of what we're doing is just to get people to think outside of, uh, you know, what they're getting from, from the news, just, just yeah. have an original thought and, and look for the information for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's the hard thing to do nowadays with Facebook and everything is as rampant as it is. Um, one person can make a persuasive video and then people start calling you up, telling you what's going on, that this is really happening without researching. They just see something that's persuasive and it makes sense. And it could be totally bupkis. It could be a catfish story. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get you to follow along with an agenda. And uh, that's so much of what we have nowadays. And and even with uh, like my mom and, and some of my family members and stuff, they'll start telling me a story and I'll stop them and say, now, did you get this from Facebook? <laughs> oh, yeah, because you get all kinds of, uh, you know, on Facebook and, and people will just, you know, they will share or retweet or whatever. The first thing they see without taking mm-hmm. two seconds to try to verify that it's that it's real information. Right. Um, so, you know, that's the negative part of the technology, but I'll tell you the positive part of the technology is that, that guys like you and guys like the three of us doing our podcast can be in Kentucky, you know, I mean, we're in the mountains of Kentucky and that we can get on here and have conversations and do a podcast and get out all over the country. Right. 
uh, y'all, you know, it blew my mind. We had a download from Israel the other day. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how does somebody from Israel download a podcast from, you know, three hilljacks in, in eastern Kentucky? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've got listeners in Canada and Thailand and uh, all over the U.S. as well. It, it's amazing what you talk about can get out to so many different people all around the world. Yeah, it's... Um, it's quite. It can be overwhelming almost to think that your opinion is going to get out there and and possibly change somebody's way of thinking. And and my biggest part about your all's podcast, and this is a good thing, um, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing because people have a, a perception of what three fellows from Eastern Kentucky are going to say. You know, Trump to the end, y'all are stupid. Uh, we're going to go squirrel hunting. You know, like people think that kind of thing you know especially i guess jd's a coal miner is that right right yeah and so just thinking of that and knowing you know knowing the people from eastern kentucky people are going to have a perception that's like oh they're just you know bible thumping backwoods you know yokels but through your podcast i feel like people could find that not everybody's the same you know it's not it's not republican democrat and that's all you can be you guys point out the fact that you can have separate opinions from what people think you are. And well, I, I, I think you guys portray that. Coming across because that's the you know that's the intent of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just sit and try to have a a kind of an organic conversation uh-huh. with just three dudes. Yeah. Sitting around talking about what's going on in the world. Right. Uh, now there's a couple like right now we're getting into. We just released last night a an episode on the opioid crisis. Uh-huh. Um, and that's something that we're going to try to do a series on because it's affected so many people. I know all of us, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, uh, you know, have a hundred stories of, of friends and people that, you know, and something that's really, it's impacted the entire country. Yeah. It's really impacted Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we try to get into some of that stuff and again, not, uh, you know, we're not going to change the world with what we're doing. Yeah, we just want to get some stuff out there that some people can have some conversation around and and understand that it's okay to uh, to have a different opinion and talk about it like adults. Right. Yeah. That's and 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 that's such a hard thing in Martin County is is being forgotten almost or feeling like you've been forgotten because it's a small town because you don't have a Walmart thirty miles away. You know there there's so much of that that can make you feel like there's no hope. And so to bring a little bit of light to what's going on around in that area, I know there's, and I'm affiliated with churches and things back in that area, and I know of a lot of uh, church leaders that are doing a lot of things to help with the opioid crisis and to help with poverty, uh, the poverty-stricken parts of eastern Kentucky. And, And, you know, there is a lot of it, but it's not everywhere. You know, there and and there are educated people all around that county. When, like I said, most people have views of around there, and they feel like people just grow up in the woods and learn their reading, writing, and arithmetic from mommy or grandma, and they have a view of that. But you just got to look for it, and and I feel like you guys are bringing that out of uh, out of your podcast. You're bringing it out to show people that. And so I hope more and more people can listen in and, and figure that out, that it's not stereotypical, um, that it's a lot of good people trying to get together to help other people. 
you know, I've been all over the country and, and I've, I've said this a million times to people that I've talked to at other places in the country. They're some of the most highly intelligent people that I have ever been around are right here in these mountains. Mm-hmm. And you know, we might talk funny, <laughs> you know, we might run four <laughs> or five words together, um, <laughs> but you know, you, you've, you've got all these people that are, uh, the coal mining community, for instance, mm-hmm. and the, the ingenuity here. Yeah. It's just, it's unbelievable what, what people are able to do. Yeah. Well, and, and I know a lot of that comes from if you're, you know, if you're half a mile down in a mine and yeah. something breaks, well, you, you can't run to AutoZone to fix it. you got to <laughs> figure it out. Right. So I would kind of like to see some of that effort and energy go into some of the, the local issues that we have. Right. You know, because we, we deal with a lot of things and, and expect somebody to come in and fix it. And and you know how it is here. The, one of the issues in, in Martin County is, there's just not any money. Right. So I really think with the, uh, you know, with the type of community that we have and the way that people will band together, that there's certain issues that, that we can at least make a dent in Yeah. at the local level. Well, and, and statistically and stuff like that is a poverty stricken area. And one of the most poverty stricken areas in, you know, in the U S. Uh, but when people say that, I always bring up the fact that, you know, in the city, Everywhere you go, there's generally a homeless person that's out either panhandling or just roaming around looking for pop cans, not bothering anybody. Some of them bother folk for, you know, handouts and stuff like that. But a lot of them are just hanging out, surviving. And and back in Martin County, I was like, you know, you guys talk about the poverty of it. I said, but we don't really have a lot of homeless people in that area because they build a shack or they find a place to live. Like, you know what I mean? Like... So to say that we're poverty stricken, I was like the statistics of the homeless communities that are in big cities, I feel like they just call it something different in the city as opposed to how our people are ingenuity, use their ingenuity to take care of themselves as opposed to, you know, depend on somebody else for handouts. And I think a prime example of, of what you're saying, you know, you've got, you think about the amount of the population here mm-hmm. that can hunt. Yep. that can garden, yep. that can can food. Um, you know, if you go into, well, just like, for instance, you know, near where you're at, yeah. if if the lights went out in Cincinnati, if the power went off, it would be pandemonium. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. Well, if something like that happened here in the mountains. Which it does quite often. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, our, our power goes off a couple times a week, you know, at least for an hour or so. Yeah. But people would figure it out and just go trucking right along. And I, there's mm-hmm. a lot to be said about that. And, and you know, me personally, um, that's the kind of people I like to be surrounded by. Yeah. People that know how to solve a problem as opposed to let it overwhelm them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was growing up with my grandpa who could do just about anything. Um, my mom and dad built a house before I was born, uh, which they still have now to this day. And uh, so that's, you know what 37 year old house now but uh when uh i was checking stuff out i learned a little bit about electric electrical work and was fixing a light switch or something like that for mom and uh she was like you know your grandpa wired up this whole house i was like oh wow so i went to talk to him and i said hey did you used to be an electrician in the mines or something paul and he said you know no i just read a book and he did it 
and you know not to get anybody out there checking about licensings or all that different stuff paul's passed away you ain't going to find him uh <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was so astounding to me that instead of just getting somebody else to do it or depending on somebody else he was like oh we have a problem let's fix it and he read a book figured it out and he he did it himself and and just like with the power outages like you say you have power outages here and there with the big ice storm that was a few years ago and uh, the tornadoes that have hit and things like that in the area uh, people were without power for a long time so what did they do People started going out and getting generators and figuring out how to hook it up to their house so they had power for the time being. And, you know, and there's there's different problems uh, that, that occur and things that are being dealt with by the, the county and stuff like that with water and whatever, uh, things of that nature. Um, but to get into that even, I uh, I worked for the water company for about six years back there. And everybody's trying to jump on the political wagon and blame one specific person. And they're wanting somebody to be the scapegoat, you know, and and they're trying to pin it on this guy or pin it on that guy. And it comes from years and years of just trying to keep up with it. You know, somebody might have been crooked and rotten and, and swindled money somehow. I You know, I don't know the real stories. But when I was working there and I would go to the reservoir where our clean water was, or I would go to the river where we would pull water from to put in the reservoir, all I would find is trash from the local people. I would find bags of garbage or I would find, you know, sewage lines running into the river. And, and I looked at it and was like, well, you can't blame somebody else for us not taking care of our own stuff. And, and and that's not downing our community back home. But it's just something that, you know, things that people don't realize. It's like, you know, if you're not running your septic through a septic system, because we don't really have sewage back home except through the main town, but all these backwoods areas have to have their separate septics and stuff like that. But if it breaks and is running into the creek, you're poisoning your own water that's going back to be cleaned, and they have to run all those chemicals in order to try to clean them. And I don't know, there's there's a lot of things that instead of pointing fingers that like you said we need to figure out how to fix it as opposed to just blame somebody to be in trouble yeah because you know the there's obviously is a infrastructure problem you know with a lot of the old uh, just things that need to be replaced yeah well and that, that comes with living up hollers and trying to run water lines to places that aren't meant to have you know city water run to them <laughs> and, and i think one thing you know, like the community that I grew up in, which was an awesome place to grow up, you know, in Richmond, um, you know, they had tons of factories. So you had a lot of money coming into the community mm-hmm. that took care of a lot of this stuff. And and I know here, aside from mining, um, it's hard to get places to come in here Yeah, just because there's not really a good conduit of, of traffic, right? you know, for people to to want to get here or, or to bring trucks and those type of things. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people are trying to start up local businesses and stuff that would do good, but there's just not enough people to buy the products that they're putting out. And, and it's businesses that people want and businesses that people appreciate, but you know, people back home aren't going out and buying shirts every week, aren't going out and buying pants every week. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard to, to, to sustain a business that's not needed because like you said, people take care of their own problems. Oh, I got a hole in my pants. I'll patch them because I like to keep using those pants. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
So in fixing their own problems, it's hard for people to hold a business that, you know, depends on people uh, having a lot of turnover of buying things. But, but yeah, but I don't know that we're going to fix it on here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe we fixed it all tonight. Hey, you never know. After this thing airs, <laughs> we might have a bunch of people say, Hey, you're right. Well, gum, I learned something. <laughs> but Brad, I sure appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, it's been a fun conversation. I, I appreciate getting to learn a little bit more about you. Absolutely. It's, it's been a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, I look forward to what you guys are doing with your podcast. I look forward to what, where you're going with it. Um, uh, I'm excited to possibly have your, your other hosts on here as well to share a little bit about them and what they, uh, what they've pulled from it. Or even if they've got a poopy pants story, I'm happy with having that too. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they've got a number of those. <laughs> But other than that, uh, guys, like I've said uh, many times on this episode, go out there and check out Just Add Bourbon. Uh, I think. Uh, do you guys have a tag name? Is it Just Add Bourbon uh, for all Just your social medias? Yeah, that's it. Okay, um, a very easy name to remember. All of us like a little bourbon here and there, so you all uh, go check them out. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review on it. And let them know what you think about it. If you like it or if you don't, we like good feedback either way. We like bad feedback so we can fix it and make it better. So uh, other than that, appreciate you being on, man. All right. Thanks for having me. Hey, not a problem. I guess we'll talk at you next time, all right? All right.